Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. Folks, this is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv, and I am broadcasting from Poland. That's right. Some of you knew, some of you did not know, but uh, I came over here to Poland yesterday with my wife to visit her parents. I have not been to Poland yet, and so I'm letting her handle everything. I put my life in her hands, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm here in Poland. We're going to visit Krakow and Warsaw and Zakopane. I guess we're going up into uh, the mountains to see the sheep. So it should be a good time. I want to thank all of you for listening to the podcast. Uh, if you are checking this out anywhere other than Apple Podcasts or the podcasting networks, you can find us right there at the Dustin Gold Standard. You can also find us at pain.tv slash gold. That's the pain.tv community platform where you can watch the video version of the show. I just want to let everyone know on both the audio only and on the video version of the podcast, I do not have my mega computer system with me nor my production software. So this is the first thing I'm actually taping, recording, uh, laying down here in Poland. So I've got an old simple broadcast software I used to use set up. And over the next couple of days, I will figure out how to make that work a little bit better to get some fancier graphics. But right now, I'm just using this uh, this simple system. And as long as the audio comes out good, that's what I'm happy with right now. I also started filming here in Poland some interesting things that I found. And I am going to be interviewing some people. My wife grew up here in Poland under Soviet communism until she was, well, it, it was a slow transition out from about the time she was seven years old to the time she was 10 years old. So I'm hopefully going to be interviewing a number of people that grew up under Soviet communism since it seems to be that's basically what we're going to be living under in the United States. We kind of already are, but they're slow rolling it out. But a similar system, more technology. They did not have as much of that back when she grew up. But I'm also learning, uh, started learning actually how to make whiskey. Now, my uh, in-laws do not speak English. So I'm using uh, sort of Google Translate. Yes, I'm using the technocracy's technology. Uh, but a lot of uh, miming. I'm sitting over here like Charlie Chaplin, just kind of uh, dancing a little soft shoe and moving my hands around, trying to translate. But I'm learning how to make whiskey. I'm going to be learning how to make wine. We're going to be uh, actually smoking some fish. I went out with my father-in-law early this morning uh, and got some fish. It was really cool. I'm shooting some videos, and I will end up editing this stuff together. I'm going to do a tour of the property because there's acres upon acres of uh, wooded land here. It's beautiful. So I'm going to be uh, taping some of that. Also, I have a very interesting interview that I recorded the other day with uh, Thomas Paine podcast fan favorite Maria Albanese, who comes on Fridays with Mike and co-hosts the show. I interviewed her. I've known Maria for about five years we uh, were introduced on Twitter through politics, and we become close friends. So Maria came on because she's got a really solid understanding of the United Nations Agenda 21, 2030, and even before 21. And so I used to study that stuff years ago. I wanted to do a quick 
refreshing of that information for myself and for you as we're talking about the technocracy. And I've been showing you that this stuff goes far beyond where a lot of people started paying attention to it, which was March 2020, the kickoff of COVID land. And it went beyond that, you know, back to Klaus Schwab, the leader of the World Economic Forum's book, The Force Industrial Revolution. And so what we're doing is kind of laying the foundation for what came before that, how we got to this point. As Maria and I discussed, not only do we need to understand where we are in the current you know, right here, right now, where we're going in the future, but a little bit about where we came from, a little bit about the past and how we got up to this point. And this will help us sort of figure out where they're going with this. Now, one of the things you're going to hear that Marie and I talk about is all of this sort of sustainable development, this low-income housing that's being built all around my area in Frederick, Maryland, even down in her area in rural Florida. And you see a lot of this uh, development even going on here in Poland. As Marie and I discussed, this is worldwide. So hopefully I'm going to have the ability to investigate some of that here. And then we could at least show the similarities between uh, what's going on in this part of Europe and then what's going on in the United States. Other than that... Uh, I don't have a lot to say yet. I could tell you some really interesting stories. And yeah, I, I did want to share this. I was going to do a separate podcast, but why not just let you know a little bit. First off, I want to give you a life hack for those of you that don't know. So my wife is pregnant. She's due at the end of October. And so one of the things we were not going to do ever was to submit to the jab uh, or submit to um a test. Uh, neither of us have done that, so we're going to keep ourselves pure bloods and our child a pure blood, at least for the foreseeable future. And so we were supposed to travel here in December, this past December for Christmas, and we were not able to uh, do that because you still needed to get a test at that time to get back into the United States. It was kind of like you needed Vax cards, and you know it was very confusing. Uh, Europe actually dropped, uh, Poland in particular dropped the vaccine and testing mandates before the United States. And in the United States, the last thing that was on the books was you needed a negative test to come back in. And so we waited it out, waited it out, waited it out. They dropped it, and so we're here in Poland and should be able to get back in without having to worry about that. The other thing is we did not want my wife going through the body scanner, you know, the full body scanner where you put your hands up. Just don't want uh, our baby getting getting radiated. I don't know. We're being very careful, but, um, you know, with everything else that the baby's going to face in the world, we might as well cut out all this all this nonsense. We, we've been eating a lot of really good homegrown garden vegetables and supplementing everything with local organic uh, farms around us. We've been seeking out organic meat. So everything my wife is eating, we're trying to put in there that's healthy for the baby. So why are we going to walk into the airport and let them shock her stomach with the full body scanner. And so for those of you who don't know, you can actually um, tell them that you're opting out. And yes, you have to get a pat down, but so what? You get a pat down. It's a free pat down. You know what I'm saying? No, if you're a female, they're going to have a female cop do it for you. If you're a male, they're going to have a male cop do it. You know, the TSA, 
So I recommend opting out of the full body scan and they have the full body scanners right next to the old fashioned metal detectors and she did not have to go through either. So we were able to save our baby from having to get that. Now my first impression, and I know everybody always wants to know that when I got to Poland, we landed at the airport in Warsaw, we got off and then we had to go through basically like a border patrol immigration type check, very simple waited in line it was like 20 minutes and uh on the way there i stopped at the bathroom i will say the bathrooms and we flew out of newark new jersey the bathrooms in poland at least at the warsaw airport i swear you walk in there it's all bright white not a drop on the floor so i was pretty impressed with that i mean the bathroom is an important thing you know that all of us have to deal with so i was impressed with that and then when we were coming out of Warsaw, you know, typical city type look. And then we drove about two hours, you know, through suburbs into rural area. And so far here, the houses uh, are different looking. Um, it looks like they had sort of the old clay roofs. And now the new roofs being built are kind of uh, a plastic version of the old clay roof. Kind of just like in the United States, a lot of people can't afford to do a clay roof anymore. So if you live in an area that has the old-fashioned roofs, you know, similar like New Orleans, some areas in Florida and stuff, now it's these plastic roofs. But the more I familiarize myself with, with the language and the ability to communicate, now there are a lot of people here that do speak English as a second language. I am going to do interviews, talk to people about construction and such. My in-law's house that I'm in right now Really cool the way they designed this. This house is only about eight years old. It's on a huge piece of property, though. Uh, they've got the windows built a certain way. Uh, the blinds go up and down automatically. And they can keep this house really cool in the summer. And this is a very similar weather to the northeast uh, where I live. So they're able to keep it cool during the day and everything without air conditioning. It's actually pretty amazing. So... So far, that's what it's been. Uh, it's been a great trip. Like I said, we went out this morning. We picked up some fish, and uh, we were able to uh, get that back here. And my uh, father-in-law's got a big smoker out in the back. I'm going to film some of that for you when he's smoking the fish. And uh, we'll see how that is. So I hope you guys enjoy this interview with Maria Albanese. Stick in there. It's a little bit different than when she normally talks about on Mike. Some of this stuff she has addressed before on Mike's show. But we try to pack this into 90 minutes for you so that you have an understanding of the background of this sustainable development and these policies which are leading towards the smart cities and everything else that we're going to be battling over the next couple of years. So I hope you enjoy it, ladies and gentlemen. I will be back with more stuff from here in Poland. And I'm learning a lot of Polish uh, words and phrases. Kohamche. That's I love you. Kohamche. Moya kohonye. That's I love you, my love, which I would not say to you, but I actually learned that a long time ago from my wife. So, kohamche, moya kohonye. Yes, 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 piękna. That's you are beautiful. So, I'm learning that. Cześć. That's hello. Dzięki. That's thanks. Dziękuję is uh, thank you, more like formal thank you. Um, Fajna dupeczka, that is a fine ass. Yeah, I don't, maybe you're going to need that one day. I've learned some other ones. I don't want to give you all that, but uh, when I get into the whiskey, maybe I'll explain how we make whiskey in Polish 
and then I'll translate it for you as well. But it's been a lot of fun, folks. I hope you guys are having a great time back in the mainland while I'm right here in Poland. And I'm going to do a lot of investigating here and see if this is any better. You know, the history here, they were under fascism for quite some time and then under Soviet communism and then got a Soviet communism and joined the United Nations. So just like the United States, it's just people just always want to push themselves back into bigger government. You throw out big government, you join a bigger government. I don't know what it is. We humans don't want to be free. We don't want real liberty. But I will talk to a lot of people here that grew up in and around this. Uh, hopefully my in-laws will go on camera. We can do an interview. My wife can translate and you can learn all about what it was like to grow up under Soviet communism, which so far doesn't actually seem to be much different than what we've had in the United States for a while. I think that's going to shock you when you hear the stories and realize, wow, communism is pretty much what we've been living under. We just don't call it that. We call it freedom. <laughs> All right, folks, thank you very much. This is Dustin Gold, and you're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Pain.tv, live from Poland. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. On pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv, and we are back from the break. I have a wonderful guest with us today, a Thomas Paine podcast fan favorite. Friday's co-host Maria Albanese and today we are going to discuss something that's very important as I keep trying to teach you guys this technocracy this world government didn't all start on March 2020 at the beginning of COVID land this has been going on for decades and it was, we were able to illustrate through the words of Ray Kurzweil and through Yuval Noah Harari and through Elon Musk and through all these different characters we've been looking at, this stuff goes back years, it goes back decades. And tonight, we are going to get into some research that Maria has been doing for years. Both of us go back to the Glenn Beck days. And Maria was really on top of this stuff back then. She knows more than I do over the next few days as I travel to Poland. Uh, with my wife, I'm going to be doing a lot of research into this topic, so I wanted to brush up, and I figured if I'm going to ask her a lot of questions, we might as well make it a show and let her explain it in detail. She has talked about some of this on the Thomas Paine podcast, but now we're going to try to condense it all into one tight hour for you, and this way you will be caught up. A lot of us are starting to understand the present that we live in. I'm trying to show you the future that's coming, but we really also need to know where this came from. So we're going to roll back to about 1972 with the Declaration of the United Nations Conference on the Human Environment. Maria Albanese, co-host on Fridays of the Thomas Paine Podcast. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you very much up. for coming on. Yeah, we're all packed up. And in full disclosure, Maria is the one who introduced me to Commander <laughs> Mike Moore. So if you guys love the show, she gets all the credit. If you hate the show, you can blow I her up. I guess I get Twitter. all the credit. 
I am responsible. Yes, you're definitely responsible. Man, I, I got to tell you before we start, I started listening to Mike. I mean, you introduced me to Mike a couple of years ago. You introduced me to his content like maybe four or five years ago. Um, and we met through the fact that, that, you know, I've been full disclosure. I've talked about it on the show now. I was a big Trump supporter. I got behind him in 2015, 16. I went to rallies. I went to the inaugural balls. Mm-hmm. Uh, I donated to him. So we met that way. And then slowly, uh, as many of you have, <laughs> sort of said, disenfranchised as we. <laughs> I jumped like, off the train a few here? months in. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I think we hung in for quite a, quite a while, and, and and then we just kept a lot of things to ourselves and observed from the sidelines instead. I think the train's going off the rails. Yeah, but, well, and we were and we were both yeah. involved in in alternative media in different ways. You know, you were producing content over on Long Island Radio. I was doing a, a podcast with someone back then, and then I was producing content mm-hmm. for someone else. So we were always involved with this, but decisions were made right. behind the scenes that at a certain point we weren't, we didn't want to take responsibility for Trump's campaign failing, and then they start attacking right. us. Because at that point, what choice did we really have? You know, what what, what choice was there politically? Zero. Zero at that point. You know, you, you just have to watch and wait and see what unfolds. Um, which, again, I think we have a core, a good core group behind the scenes that all felt the same way. You, you know, you can't just run out in traffic with everything you feel is not right. You have to, I, I just think we have to sit and wait. And, you know, the more we look back on things, boy, were we right on many things. Um, but here we are, you know, but yes, we were both 100% on that Trump train, um, enjoying the ride from the beginning. Um, but March, well, first of all, March 20, we, we knew things were happening a little before March. But March 2020 really is what I think accelerated you and I and others um, to really say what the hell's going on here. Oh, definitely. So. And, you know, and we saw and we saw points throughout his presidency where he almost looked like he was held hostage when he would come out and have to sign these giant omnibus bills. And looked right. like he was, you know, it was not a Trump that you were used to seeing. He wasn't very braggadocious and and. Uh, right. And really like flamboyant and eccentric. He was sitting there with dry mouth, literally saying, okay, this is the last time I have, I'm ever going to do this. <laughs> I mean, he looked almost like Joe right. Biden up there a couple of times. And so, but, but again, as the election got closer, a lot of people just made the decision to say, hey, you know what? I, I'm not going to be the one to rock the boat at this point because uh, what other options do you yeah, have? And I, I mean, I, I voted for him in 2020. I mean, that's not a secret. Um, but here we are, we're, we're still, right, right now, that, that's not even our battle anymore. Our battle is fighting everything that's been going on in the background for decades. Um, you know, I remember years ago learning about Agenda 21 and when things were happening in my own community, if I would say to people, either at a school meeting or, you know, a function, you know, this is happening because of Agenda 21. I'm the only person that would know this and, and everyone would look at you like you had, you know, four heads or something. 
So no one really, no one knew when it was, you know, they, they didn't know why these things were happening in our community, why subsidized housing was being built right in the middle of a residential neighborhood and, you know, and, and so on and so on. But I would tell people sustainability is built in to every local government, every town, every city. Once you see the word, you cannot in, unsee it. Just like if you go to any one of your favorite search engines and put in, you could put in uh, fourth industrial revolution and any industry out there. Um, pages will come up, just pages and pages. Same with Agenda 30, same with um, the great, any, anything that is relevant to what is really happening that many people do not even know about. You can run that search and get huge returns on that search. It is something that you don't have to dig deep for. But through the years, which the main thing many people in the, in the alternative media would talk about would be Agenda 21. That was the big one right. up until 2015. Now, I'm skipping over 2000 because 2000 is when they came up with the millennial, the, the MSDs, which are the Millennial Sustainable Development Goals. And there were eight of those in 2000 that they wanted to meet by uh, 2015. Now, 2015 rolls around and they say, hey, guys, this is not good enough. We need 17 goals and we need to meet these goals by 2030. And everybody met and everybody agreed to it. And but, but if we want to even go farther back, and I have discussed this on Mike's show, we can take it back to the 70s. We can take it back um, to, yeah, the Nixon administration. Um, yeah, I mean, I have the World a Conference in Stockholm. Yeah, right now on the screen, I have uh, June 16th, 1972, which was the United Correct. Nations Conference on the Human Environment at Stockholm. And then I have this 1974 yeah. uh, document written by Henry Kissinger, a 123-page document that literally line three on the cover sheet says, Implications of Worldwide Population Growth by former U.S. Right. Secretary and Overseas interest Kissinger report. And then we go forward just to lay a quick timeline out for the audience. We have the global 2000 report, which was commissioned by president Jimmy Carter. Uh, this says it warned that world population growth would have dramatic consequences by the year 2000, if no changes in public Correct. policy were made. And then we go right into the UN's website where they talk about the 92 earth summit. And then as you just mentioned, the uh, millennium summit and then we go into, they had stuff going on in 2002, 2012, then 2015. You know, so just broad strokes before we get into this. This stuff, as we keep pointing out, this is why I keep showing you guys articles on the technocracy, on Elon Musk projects and stuff going back to 2015, 2014, and the World Economic Forum, Fourth Industrial Revolution, that was being talked about in 2016. I've even found some stuff from 2015. So they've been talking about this a long time. They've been planning it for a long time. But Maria, let's just give people a basic idea of when we talk about sustainable development and sustainable goals, what are, what are these planners, these social engineers actually referring to? Um, you mean the 17 sustainable goals? 
Well, I mean, sustainable goals, sustainable goals in general, what do they mean by sustainable goals, sustainable development? What are they talking about? Well, they're, they're wanting to reshape the globe. Um, they want to end poverty. They want to have, um, uh, healthcare, education, you name it. They want to reinvent the wheel on every level. So they, they've been working on it. Uh, like I said, since, well, we know the seventies, but right now we need to work off of the, the, um, 2015 template, which is the agenda 2030, which is where they want to meet these goals at a very high percentage. Like, let's take energy. That's one of their goals. Well, we see what they're doing with energy because they want to meet that net zero um, footprint. And and there's even a 2050. So so between 2030 and 2050, they really want to get down to zero um, carbon footprint, right? But, right, and then just so the what, audience does, the 2030, uh, the Global Development Policy and Agenda for 2030, this is the one uh, where Obama had released this to Congress at the same exact time, and I've got the articles up, where the United Nations Summit on Sustainable Development was meeting in New York, right? On September 27, 2015 is when um, at the UN they had another major summit on that day. Um, on the same day, Obama did meet uh, with Congress to, um, you know, give them <clears throat> the 411 on what, what is going on and that he was committing to this. And then on the WhiteHouse.gov uh, website is the fact sheet that they are on board with uh, the Sustainable Development Goal agenda of 2030. So <clears throat> here we have the president informing everyone in Congress and, you know, the world were signing on, I think it was like for a hundred billion dollars uh, that, that he was allocating from. Yeah. Here, uh, I'll, I'll just read this open. I have the fact sheet up uh, for the video audience, for okay. the audio only audience. I'll just read you a piece of this. This is uh, president Obama's commitment to global development. 2015 is a pivotal year for global development. World leaders gathered in New York today to adopt the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. We call it the 2030 Agenda. The adoption of the 2030 Agenda, which sets out a global development vision and priorities for the next 15 years, captures the hopes and ambitions of people around the globe for meaningful change and progress, including here in the United States. And then it goes on to say, the United States is committed and helped mobilize more than $100 billion, with a B, in new funding from other donors and the private sector to fight poverty in the areas of health, food security, and energy. Right. Now, what's important to know is they have uh, enlisted the help of hundreds of um, NGOs and and the private sector. So we know that they have recruited all of this to make these goals a reality. So... Many of us really started talking a lot about it in 2020 because it was early 2020 when we, April of 2020, when we were stumbling onto all of the simulations and the connections, and then it was the World Economic Forum and so on and so forth. So what I'm trying to say to people is (laughs) everyone in Congress and in government has known about this. 
It's the people that have not known about this. The media has not ever, ever reported upon any of this. I can't even say they've, they've reported on it in depth. They've not even touched it. And it's only recently a crumb or a morsel um, has come out on Fox News just being mentioned the World Economic Forum. There, there are no deep dives into any of this. Never has been. They didn't do it with Agenda 21 or the Millennial uh, Sustainable Development Goals. And they certainly didn't do it with this mega one. And this is the mega one because this is the one where we're getting the fourth industrial revolution out of a lot of these goals at all. 